You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. This is your boy Al Mugga. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders podcast. And today we have an amazing independent comic book creator. Not just that, he's an independent comic book publisher. Not just that, he's like a writer and does everything. He wears multiple hats. This man does it all. He's every type of department you would believe that a comic book uh, company should have or sunk into one person. The incredible, the bionic. The one, the only Mr. Oh my God, how you doing? <laughs> Thank you so much. And I'm wearing a hat today, so it works out. It works out even better. <laughs> uh, there, there, there you go. Uh, is the title of the hat of what you're wearing today? <laughs> you know what? Just a, a local a local team, local minor league baseball team that that we that we like to support. But uh, but in general, I I just like your hat intro, so I, I figured you know uh, there I you go, there wearing go. a hat. All right, well, Mr. D, thank you for coming on uh, and hanging out with me today. You know, so talk about first off the awesome book you got out there, you know, the Sire Origins, all right? But then your journey, you know, into yeah. independent publisher and even the why. Because, you know, the, you're a man that, that, that took charge and you said, you know what? My story got to be told. So, and you took charge of that. And, and I love that type of take charge entrepreneurial, you know, or mentality. It's very inspiring. That's, I mean, that sums it up for the most part. I mean, don't ask permission, yeah. just go. Wherefore, that's right, baby. Just go. That's the birth of comic crew. Just get it done. You know, yeah. if you're tired of seeing negativity, then come to a place that celebrates positivity. Exactly. You know, I, I I know positivity don't sell as good. But you know, you know what? I'd rather keep it positive because eventually <laughs> people will understand. Absolutely. Right? Anyway, so with that, a bit about yourself, Mr. D. Where, where you OG from and what is the first thing you ever fell in love with in fandom? Oh, man. So I am from just outside New York City. I'm about 40 minutes north on the Jersey side. Grew up there, went to school upstate New York, and then uh, headed back down and been there ever since. New York City being a hub, it's uh, it's nice to be within that in that range. And, and, and you know, it, it's funny. I would not say I'm like a native New York City g- person because I never lived there, but I might as well have because I had so many friends down there you know, I've made a lot of friends within the comic book community. I actually grew up in the town where Wizard Magazine was born too, and so I worked for Wizard oh, for many years too. Yeah, so oh, nice. um, yeah, so I mean, it's been it, it's comics have been with me for a long, long time. The very first thing I fell in love with was uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, that was right. that was what got me into it. I I visited a stationery store when I was in fifth grade, and you know, after having watched the cartoon for many Sundays, by the way, for many Sundays, I watched it when it was okay. first Sunday before it got syndicated. And I saw the comic book on the rack and I was like, you know, I got to get this. And I did. It was one of the Archie series yeah. in issue five. Oh, oh, nice. And I still have it. And what's cool is I actually have a good run of those Archie books and I got to read them to my son who's like seven years old. So pretty cool stuff, you know? <laughs> He said, I read them to my son, not that I gave them to my son. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, not no words. Those. <laughs> not those. Not those. No, 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 no. He doesn't know how to treat the pages of the books quite. 
my yeah. my uh, my brother-in-law, his uncle gave him a bunch of his old Pokemon cards, and I think he's wishing he didn't because he was a little too young. He was a little too young to understand the value of it. Now he does. Now he's like, oh man, this is worth a lot of money. I'm like, eh, yeah, it was. It was worth a lot of money. It was. It was. It was <laughs> when when you first got it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So were you alone then in, in your geekdom growing up? Were you a lone wolf in the geekdom or did you have a tribe of fellow geeks that, that you know, shared in your in, in your culture? You know, I had I had two of my best friends who are still best friends to this day. They, you know, it, it's funny. So in fourth grade, in third grade, they became friends. I was in a different class. And then in fourth grade, we were all in the same class. And one of them I had been in class with in second grade. And I was like, oh, Daryl, it's you. You know, I'll, you know, back when. You don't really have anybody. You, you kind of recognize who you recognize. And it's like him and his friend, Alex, who I also became really good friends with. And, and we're all best friends. They would make little comic books back then. Back then, it was Legend of Zelda. And Nintendo was very big back then. And, and that's what we kind of got into. And, and that's what we kind of did. And in fifth grade, it was Mutant Ninja Turtle comics. And in sixth grade, Daryl showed me a Spectacular Spider-Man. I think it was 160 with the Shocker. Or was it... Mm, 158 with the shocker and and that was the that was my gateway into into the marvel universe and uh, superheroes <laughs> and all that fun stuff so so yeah no we did have a tribe and you know way back in the day i mean i'm sure a lot of people did this but i used to make comics and uh, my mom would photocopy them and uh, i would sell them to my friends for 50 cents you know a pop and oh, you know cool. it was it was good stuff See, I, 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 we created comics in junior high school, me and my friends, you know, making mm -hmm. fun of each other, actually, because, you know, we had names for each other. So sure. we would create the characters based on the nicknames given for, in the school, you know, Psycho, Melonhead, Father Meatball, you know what I mean? Oh, sure. oh you know, Jiggly Wiggly. <laughs> horrible, horrible. But it, it was ridiculously funny. Yeah, and it was like one would draw, another person would write, and then, and then, then, all right. So the next person would come up, right? So I'll do the next new strip style. We just pass it around class. We never thought of selling it, but we would put it together, you know, and sure. pass it around class, and people would fucking die, die. They're like, yo, this is, you guys are so messed up. You know, when <laughs> you could do shit like that, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the thing too. In high school, you know, we had a bunch of like we were the art people in high school we were you know we were the ones that would get nominated for best artist and this and that like if you hey. know you know in the oh, you were that guy in the lunchroom hey, you're broken you draw something for me we would go to the library it was the library the library is where hey, we he were said the library I, yeah. I got away from the lunchroom crowd <laughs> yeah no we would do the library and that would be you know that was sure. it too and and there was always look there was always people that loved making comics it just wasn't as popular as it is now right I get it. In the era, absolutely. I mean, that, that's why I always love asking that question that you have even a tribe because yeah. mine didn't get discovered so much later, but, you know, I eventually did have one. And it was cool to share in that, you know. It, yeah. when I, and then together we discovered cons and like, oh, you know, at least, at least we didn't like the same things, which made it better because no one was cock blocking one another trying to you know, get comic books. There was no, well, first of all, there was no cock blocking Comic Cons 20 years ago. That, that I can tell you right now. <laughs> if you had a woman at the Comic, comic Con, then, then she was like a unicorn, as opposed to, I remember around 2012 is when I noticed things started changing where, you know, it wasn't boyfriends dragging their girlfriends around. It was girlfriends dragging their boyfriends around. And I was like, something, something clicked. Something, something's Something different now. <laughs> yeah, something's different here. But, but let me ask you a question, though. You know, the fact that it's so popular now, I mean, obviously there's tons of positives to that and positives for us, but do you miss the days where it was kind of like this cool thing that was, you know, kind of yours? 
I, so I kind of knew. I do just because of the fact that it was then comic centric. Yeah. It, it was focused on the collecting, on Correct. the books. It was vendors bringing good stuff that you were after and you could haggle. Nowadays, it's, it's a pop culture show. Vendors right. go there with overpriced books that say, wait a minute, don't even price their books. You bring it to them and they say, wait a minute, pick up their phone and go to eBay. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. No, no. So, yes, I I mean, before I had moved to Florida many years ago, I had gone to a nice hotel show. And could you imagine me picking up a whole bunch of Sal Buscema hoax, you know, early 200 for 50 cents a pop. I picked wow. up like 50 of them for 50 cents a pop. You understand wow. me? Yeah. I no, mean, that's... It doesn't happen anymore. No. No, the hotel shows were great, though. I mean, the, the, the yeah. church shows, too, like church basement shows. I mean, that yeah. was my first. Uh con experience was going let's to like, a church basement Mike, let's bring them back somehow they can't come back at this point the speculators ruined it yet again yeah. like the 90s <laughs> yeah. it's true absolutely shit all right so talk about then you taking okay so you're having fun in school you're creating this art whatever mm -hmm. uh when did you really say all right i think i want to really do something with this when oh, did that decision spark no it's sixth oh, grade, he said yeah. sixth grade he knew he, you oh knew. yeah no i knew exactly what i was put he on knew. the earth to do and that was it and that was yeah, it that's it. a good feeling right it's a good feeling so everything wow i did you know so it's funny because the character that we're going to talk about is the sire and i actually created him in sixth grade and, and i, and I grade. would take the you know the, the pieces of paper and i'd fold them together and make these comic books and you know you know obviously Boy, man, I was I was epic in my output back then. I mean, I, I I created so many so many little comic books. I would call them the little comic books. And then like I it was the Jack Kirby of kids back then, right? Dude, I, I mean, I gotta tell you, like I mean, you know, between sixth grade and ninth grade, I put out, I mean, it had to be like 60, 70 comics, you know, like oh, wow, and, and a lot of them I would sell. Like I would sell them to, to classmates, and I would sell them and, and things and, like that. Yeah, and, you were making some bread on this, right? Well. Uh, Lunch money I mean, bread. I, I guess lunch money hey, bread, right? It's lunch money, but listen, I, I I would do the same thing with Marvel and DC comics. Yeah. I'm this kid that like comics, but I'll, I'll be honest. Let me make a declaration here. You know, forgive me, Andy. I uh, still remember his name. <laughs> um, you know, he, he would leave the comic books in his desk at, for religious instruction. I take him back. I wait two days. I, he didn't realize, and I resell him. <laughs> see now that that's just full on entrepreneurial right there that's that's just uh, that's supply and demand um but yeah no I, it would it was something that i i've always known and the cool part about the sire was it was a book that i would always keep coming back to so the like sire. through high school you know you, you read, you read, well what is this i need to know this is a little kid what yeah. the heck did this little kid think of the sire what happened you know what? It, I, I got to be honest. The first like 30 or so issues of it, though, you read it. It's definitely just me kind of being inspired by the Stanley, Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko, John Romita, like, you know, early 60s comic book stuff. I mean, it was just there was no real reason. He just, you know, a, a criminal would broke into his house and he's found a costume and went out and fought crime. The business. That's because that's <laughs> what you do. Right. I guess what you you know, I didn't. I, that's what I thought adults did. But then around in high school, you know, you can see. All of a sudden, I started really diving into, you know, well, wait a minute, wait a minute now. Where does this costume come from? And why is he doing this? And, you know, would I, you know, because obviously you're, you're 14, 15, you're a little more mature and you're just sitting there, you know, you start asking yourself all these questions. And then so the story started reflecting, you know, that. And then when I got into college, 
the stories, you know, flipped to a point where they were really, you know, told by like a more mature creator, someone who had been, you know, at least studying writing, studying art. That's what I ended up going to college for was, was creative writing and for visual arts. And I remember being in college being like, you know what, this is actually, I've, I've kind of come up with a concept and I've kind of come up with a cast of characters now that are now, they're not just clones of the stuff I was inspired by. They're kind of cool on their own. And, and, and that's where I said, you know what, I, I got to make this as a, I, this is what I got to do when I graduate, you know, like this is what I got to do when I, when I get out of college and a lot of, a lot of hurdles to get there, but eventually, yeah, that's what, that's what I ended up doing. So it was pretty good. So before you decided the, the self-publishing route, you mm-hmm. know, w- w- did you attempt to, you know, pitch this, you know, out to, to, to a name, you know, a, a bigger publisher? Yeah. Or did you so- know firsthand you wanted to do this dolo? So originally, because again, I was I created in sixth grade. The character's name was Street Fighter, and obviously, I can't oh, could use that, right? No, that's so, a no, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I renamed him Crossfire, and I ended up going oh, self publishing. You know, I pitched it to some companies, and they and they just you know they rejected it based on the art. And I said, well, that's fine. I'll go. I'll just go straight to Diamond. I don't need to go to a publisher. I'll just do it myself. But Diamond came back and said, yeah, this is not the arts. Like, you know, they back then they would give you a checklist if they rejected it and they would just check yeah. off, you know, whatever the box was in the box was arts, just not professional enough. And I kind of had to come to terms with that fact. And I had a good friend of mine, Darren Sanchez, who I, I had worked at Wizard with. And he, he you know, one time he had kind of sat me down because he, he was into doing independent comics, too. And he just kind of said, look, you know, what is what is your goal here? Are you? trying to tell a story or are you trying to make an art project? And I said, look, I'm trying to tell a story here. He says, then just get another artist. It's okay. You don't have to do everything. I was yeah. thinking about it in terms of complete control over something. And and at some point you kind of have to let that go and just. Yeah. For you know. ownership. Cause you get scared growing up sure. listening to the Stanley horror stories. Like even sure. in the recent documentary, he has still that eye factor to him. No, yeah. no, you know, that's crazy. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. So you just basically kind of have to have to relinquish some sort of control. And luckily, yeah. I was paired up with uh, with Dan Leister, who Darren had known because he had drawn his foray into independent comic books. And uh, Dan had actually come in second at the Wizard World Chicago talent search that they did with that Marvel did. Oh, wow. And you know, so he gave me his info. I reached out to him. I'd met him a couple times at, at different conventions, or whatever. And I said, Hey, look, I'm looking to do this book. At that point, I had renamed it the Sire and really kind of honed the the whole concept of it, you know, in terms of kind of packaging it from from you know from the beginning. And I said to him, I said, "Look, I work at Wizard. I can at least get us a free table at cons because yeah. back then there was San Diego Comic Con <laughs> and there was Wizard World shows. That's all there were, really. Yeah. And and I said, you know, I'll give you you know X amount of what we make, and and I'll you know and and I and you know to my credit." I, I held up my end of the bargain, which was, which was great. And, and Dan did too. Dan just came, just Dan just brought it and Sire Origins, which is, which is in stores today, actually, which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you mean which that the- lovely book right there, yeah. that one right there, Where look at that. You know what I was going to say? Cause I was looking at the girl and everything and like, mm-hmm. yo, on the hair and the style, very Michael Turner. Well, so the cover artist was Talon Caldwell. And so okay. talent, talent came from the Michael Turner Studios, and hey, uh, no wonder, yo, bro, I see it, you know. Yep, <laughs> I see it. <laughs> well, that's wow. the thing, and I was, I was so fortunate to, you know, to get to know Tal. 
and 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 you know the best part about all this experience and this journey too is just the fact that you know the three of us became super great friends both were at my wedding you know i was at i was at dan's wedding i mean like you know we became we became really tight in the in this journey to bring this to stores excellent so you know let's start taking the uh, I mean, look at that panel work very Dan, Dan just killed it, man. He he really does. And and the funny thing is too, as great as this book is too, you know his he's even so much better today. And that's a, that's a beautiful thing. But that's just getting back to the original story real quick. Was you know again, I got rejected by Diamond coming out of college in in two thousand two. It took a couple years of just I, at first I was trying to redraw the book myself, so that's what kind of you know factored okay. into the delay. But then by two thousand five, you know with Dan behind me and with Tal doing the covers for us. You know, we were in, we were in with Diamond, so that's all we could ask for. And and at that point, self-publishing was all Wait, I kind of so, wanted to do. So once you resubmitted, Diamond sent you back that checklist, all green check mark. Huh? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Good to so, go. So that that when you saw that, ex- explain to me that moment after feeling first that rejection. You know, I, I wonder, like, how, how yeah. did you feel in that moment? Do you, uh, you, do you know what's funny is, so. We went through, so I mentioned Darren Sanchez, and he had a, a small label called uh, After Hours Press. So we ended up submitting through After Hours Press. And so to me, it, it was, if this doesn't happen now, I don't know how it's going to happen. So it was relief. I was, I, was, I was thrilled, but it was also one of those, like, you know, like when you're asking a girl out on a date, and you're just hoping she says yes, and 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 then she finally does, and it's just like, oh, thank God! Like, you know, it took me so <laughs> much just to ask the question. You break um, down. You, you once she says this, you almost say it in front of her. Thank God! What took God. you so long? Oh, right. oops! Did I say that loud? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And that's and that's exactly how, that's exactly how I felt. I was like, oh, awesome! Thank God! Like I can finally like I, I you know I was. I was a caged tiger, you know, and it's like, finally, you can let me loose here. And that's and that's what I wanted to do. Now, the funny part is, and, and you kind of talked about it in your intro, you know, lessons learned and things like that. You know, I worked so hard so many years to get out of the gate that I was not prepared to be out of the gate. You know, as much as as much as <laughs> okay. working to it, it's like, holy cow, wait, you mean I got to do this again and I got to do it again in 30 days and in the sires in the original the original time one, I'm like, I got to do it in 60 days because I did it bi-monthly at that point just to just to make sure I hit my deadlines. You know, that that was one of the things that I wish looking back if I had just if I had gotten those three issues done first, you know, then I could have been a monthly book. Oh, and, right. then, and then we would have seen what happened. We, you know, something, oh, so, I, you know, who knows? So, so you just had the idea. You said, let's just start working on it pitched it so let's get it done and put yourself on the pressure <laughs> yeah exactly exactly i need the pressure yeah, are I you a masochist it. you know <laughs> Apparently, right? you know yeah it'll keep coming up i like to i like to put myself under this under this pressure like you said in order to you I mean, know get my you know get myself over the hump because otherwise i am very much like the character i am very lazy i can i can just it's just so much easier not to do something than to do something and it so, makes you feel like he looks in this in this particular panel i guess huh yeah well yeah this, <laughs> so this is him this is him waking up with the costume on so basically the sire is about a superhero he's forced by his own costume to fight evil it's kind of like having a spider sense but instead of warning him danger actually puts him in danger and and he basically you know he's trapped fighting this this superhero lifestyle against other superhumans 
who have an urge to fight him because of of where the origins of their powers came from. They're all interconnected and they're all kind of after each other with this subconscious on, on the subconscious level. And yeah. he, so he's the sire. Uh, he, uh, he, I love it. It, it feels Highlander is like, I'm going to be the yeah. last one I'm ever. <laughs> yeah. And so he really, really I doesn't want to be like, he is the sire and he, and he really doesn't want to be. The sire. And why, why that name, you know, going from the street fighter and the other joy and then now the sire. So, you know, I mean, I was never truly happy with crossfire. I kind of just did it to, to have the same syllable syllables as like a street fighter crossfire. I kind of said, all right, it's kind of similar yeah. enough. You know, it's little things like this, you know, I, I'm like, you know, again, this is just me being 21 years old and not knowing better, really. You know, my, my strength as a writer is always in character and dialogue and setting up these situations and, and, and having, you know, the dance of the characters getting out of the situations. And so little things like costume design and even even the name of him, you know, not like I realize now how much how you know, how much more important it is now but back then I was like, well, let me just tell this great story because then people, you know, once they read the story, you know, it doesn't matter. They'll be great and they'll be hooked. And, and you know, that's, again, just the naivety and not knowing and the inexperience. And so I actually had a different character called the Sire, and he was going to be the character that kind of came and taught him a little bit more about his powers. And I said, you know what? I, that's a great name. <laughs> I said, wait a minute. Yeah. That's a great name. I, you know, and I and that was it. And I. I just I, I transferred it over to, to 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 the main character. Awesome, awesome. I mean, and look at all these here. I mean, looking like Bruce Lee was popping. <laughs> yeah, but I love the panel work, the bubble placement too. For the who's doing your lettering? That's me. So you say, man, let me tell yeah. you, great job. Because ever since I I, I spoke to a world class letterer, yeah, and, and you know she was telling me about placement. Yep. And uh, yeah, I mean, you got it covered. So I'm always keeping an eye for that. And it's true. The best letterers compliment the art on the scene yes. and, and don't disturb it. So, dude, I mean, when did you even learn lettering? See the many uh, hats he wears, folks? Jeez. <laughs> it was in college. So, again, remember in college, I basically, I mean, college was great, right? Like, I mean, basically, I was working full time on this book or I was in the bar. That was it. I was in the computer lab or I was in the bar or at the art table. That was it. At the pub. What is it with yeah. comic guys and pubs, man? Wow. You know, <laughs> what a place to be, right? <laughs> but no, I actually, you know, it's funny. In the original iteration of Crossfire, I actually created my own font based on my handwriting. Oh, and cool. I didn't use it for Sire because by, by the time I got to Sire, I had access to fonts through Wizard Magazine that I wouldn't have you know, normally been able oh, to get it, get access to. And I got this great comic book font and I was like, ah, I'll just use this. It's better, you know, than using my handwriting, you know, my handwriting's terrible. So <laughs> it, was a, it was a good decision. Yeah. That's not even chicken to read mine. Yeah. But no, but lettering, lettering is important. I think that's one of the biggest lessons that, and, and luck, thankfully it's one of the ones I got right, but yeah, lettering, lettering back in the day, I mean, you can see like one of the companies I work with right now, it's a company called rogue matter. And we just got a submission in and immediately we look at the submission. It's like, no, this lettering is amateur. Like, and it's like, we can't take this book seriously. Like if you can't letter the book, you know, it looked like he did it. He doesn't know anything about like, the, like the size of the word balloon is huge. The text yep. is huge. The word, like the tails don't really line up correctly. And it's like, the, I can't, the I'm not even going to read your book. I'm not even yeah, going to read your book. Exactly. I got to follow the conversation mm -hmm. properly. You got to, you know, that, that placement is key. 
in the conversational flow. I mean, yep. you guys do such a great job that, you know, for me, this was like a novella. A, yeah. a, a, a novella, the way it flows. Like, what is going on? Because, yeah. again, I got to read uh, halfway through. You know, I'm just beginning to discover what the hell is going on. But I, I see there's, you know, I, I'm digging it. You know, awesome, man. I really appreciate it. And, the, and the, the good the news is, uh, that, you know, I, you know what I'm digging though? This, just the, 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 the bad guy element. Because again, yeah. I'm a fan of villains. You have the hardcore dudes that are just like not even asking questions. And you got that one guy, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, I, that gives me that doom feel. He's like, you know, yeah, I'm angry. I'm going to probably do some angry, but, you know, fucked up. But at the same time, however, why the fuck are we not asking how the fuck right. we got this? And right. I love that. I'm already digging the character because Good. it's like, all right, that's that that that's the type of character I dig. Is all right. How did I get this? And obviously later, I'm pretty sure, being who he is, you know, he may say, "How can I use this to my advantage?" Yes. Like these fools. <laughs> well, the good the good news is, the journey of the sire has been a long one. The first book was released in 06. And, wow, uh, 06, bro. Yeah. And and Whip. and yeah. So what you're reading is actually like you know almost it's over 15 years old, which is which is awesome, and it and it still holds up. It but does. In in around 2012, I ended up relaunching the book, not relaunching, but like I ended up picking the book up again. And to this to date, we have about 13 issues out. And uh, thanks to Dren Productions, who's the publisher of uh, of this book now, and they're fully committed to to the series. We've got another oh. three issues, you know, slated to come out. We, we're actually releasing new issues through Diamond that were never released in stores starting in November. And, and in 2024, you know, we'll be picking the book, you know, right back up where we left off. And there's just ah, there's so many good things coming down the pipeline in terms of just building up a story. And, and look, it's an old school style story. I'm a huge fan of 80s, 90s comics. Oh, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Preach. That was my first feel for this, too. Yeah. So 90s, but not in a bad way. I no, mean, no. You know what? Not at all. This is what I need. Thank God someone is making this something, you know, yeah. not throwing me no narratives. It's like you're some superhero story that makes you keep that keeps you guessing as about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Good old storytelling and, and beautiful, beautiful art that yeah, you know, I, I was zooming in on the pages that was reading it, you know, and thank you again for the PDF fan. Yeah. I'm looking at this art. I mean, I'm seeing this. I'm like, yo, this is like animation level art on this. Yeah. Mother. Yeah. No. And Dan, like I said, Dan knocked it out of the park. Dan's the artist in the first four issues. Uh, we have Jose Holder, who actually works for Netflix now. He's a storyboard. He's like in charge of, of all the storyboard artists at Netflix now. He's on issue five and six. And then starting with issue seven, which is going to be a new number one. I'm, I'm basically just going to keep relaunching them as number one for the for the you know, collector value yeah. and, and, and to get people, you know, attracted to the book again. But, but chapter seven, Dan comes back on board. Uh, we have Chris Carter. We have myself on a couple of, a couple of, of, of issues as well. And, and leading, and leading into the next set of books. I mean, I'm just, I'm very blessed to have, to have met enough solid artists that I could actually afford. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. So how was that journey in, in finding, you know, the, you know, the next artists and whatnot? Man, then look at this stuff. I mean, this is gorgeous. Man. I did the coloring on it too, so I'll give myself what? a props. Look at this again. A letter of color or what else, yeah. brother? Did, did you also print the book and, and drive <laughs> it around the country? What's going I on? I paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. love it, yo. Great job, bro. Man, hats off to you. Thank you. You know, salute. 
but a, a man definitely uh, taking charge and, and then knowing yeah. where he needs to get, you know, hey, bro, if I can't do this, all right, I'll get it done this way. So, yep. you know, I, 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 I really respect the, the hustle, bro. No, there's a, there's a part of me that, I mean, who wouldn't want to do a Marvel book or a DC book? I'm, I was more, more of a Marvel guy anyway, not a DC guy. <laughs> but, but quite frankly, I, I just always wanted to do this book. I, yeah. I mean, I really did, and and, and you're doing line, it on the level of Marvel or DC. Yeah. Fact, oh yeah. No, like anything I do has got to be the highest high quality or better quality. Yeah. I mean, and something that's actually fresh that you don't need a thousand issues to catch up on, and, and or not even trying to sell me something other than a wonderful story. Thank you. That's that's it. That's my mission, and and uh, I'm glad. Yeah. I, I'm glad. I'm glad you. It, I'm glad it registered. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm reading this with a smile on my face so far. I'm like, wow, a br- you know, fresh, fresh air, if you will. You know what I mean? Yeah. Coming into the room. Thank you. Just taking me back. I, we need this, folks. And this, this is what I mean from when old school comic collectors mean that we're looking for some old school fun. This is this. Just let's have some, some wild old school fun art. Yeah. I mean, look at this panel. And again, look, you, you, story. You see that bubbles? You know what I mean? There's a lot of story there. This is not yeah. one of those Marvel books that you read in five minutes, no. you know, front to back. No, no. This is nice and hearty. You better get yourself a nice, you know, Cuba Libre or Margarita, you know, <laughs> your beer. You know what I mean? Get that book outside on the porch and start reading because you're going to have a hell of fun time. Yeah. Guaranteed. No, it, it, it's funny you mentioned that too. I was just, so, so I'm, I'm on vacation this week and I have my Marvel Unlimited app, and I said, you know, it's about time I start doing something with this thing, right? And and <laughs> I started rereading all of the old Uncanny X-Men issues, like the Claremont run from the beginning. And a lot of books I didn't even get a chance to read because they were too expensive when I was kids, you know, when I was a kid to buy it and everything. I and I missed that. I miss like, you, I didn't even realize the page counts for those early 70s and 80s Marvel titles were only 18 pages, 17 yeah. pages. Like it was crazy, and but you felt like you got so much more. And now because the you, word you, bubble, the word right. con. I mean, it was right. story. You were stuck on a panel yeah. for at least a minute, two right. minutes, and then you also had to appreciate the art. So that's another, you know, ha- you know, thirty seconds, forty-five seconds, yeah. you know, and then you're moving on. So yep. you know, those were healthy half-hour reads on yes. a comic book. Yes, and that's what I tried. That, that's what I try to do. Per issue, half hour per issue. I don't yeah. forget this because I would time it, and then as I got older, that that time got shorter and shorter because mm-hmm. there was the explosion. You know, look at the big splash pages. Look at stop it, overuse. Yeah, you know what I mean. Stop yep. it. Give me story. You know, I I want girth in actual pages, not 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 those splash pages. Yep, agreed. <laughs> and and look at that. Oh, Dan, is that letter in you too, bro? Oh, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. Yeah. Well, so, so, all right. So, I, I, I need to get in your headspace now. Sure. Can you pronounce in your right now loudly the sound effect? Badawi. <laughs> so, funny story about that sound effect, though. That is actually a good friend from when I was growing up. And, and then he ended up, we ended up a roommate as well, too. And his last name was Badawi. And, and he's like, you got to get me in the right. book somehow. And I said, all right. There you go. Your, oh, your man, last there name. You go. That's his last name. <laughs> but it's a great. But it's a great. Like it's a great sound effect. Sound effect. So it worked out good. It is, yo, for real. Oh shit, yeah. Salute to Mister Badawi. There you go. <laughs> and that's you right. Live forever as a sound effect. That's right. I love it. It's, 
But again, look at this. Yeah, I mean, this artwork, the scenery. Dude, man, I think this is such a well put together. Thank you, book. Thank you so much. That that that. And so, what you're actually showing on screen right now too is some of the new content that you wouldn't have gotten in the original books as well too. So that that is Dan Leister, circa 2023, and with Daniel Karma Nico, who actually did the coloring on this one, just because at that point I'm just doing too much, but I still did the lettering. So. Wonderful job, but yeah, I I'm in love right now with that top panel of the building. So much yeah. detail looks gorgeous, yo. Yeah, gorgeous. No, it's, it's it's it gives you that's something else too. I I, I mean, rereading these old the, these old comics again, and this is obviously where I got my sensibility from. Though you really you got a perspective on the space that the characters yeah. occupied. Yeah, and and a lot of today's comics you don't like. They're just kind of it's it's yeah. well, but so, that's there. Yeah. This new age kind of goes back to almost the Kirby because Kirby, you know, would definitely have more forefront characters. You know, mm-hmm. when he would focus on the scene, it would be more on the splashes and whatnot. But mm-hmm. to be honest, on those close-up scenes, you know, he, he there was really not much in the backend space. Yeah. Now, you know, nowadays a lot of artists do focus on, it, and I think it just adds so much more because it's, yeah. there's mystery in there. There's things to find. Yep. You know, within it too. You know, Easter eggs. We will sometimes. Like, Wait a minute. There's something that, that they could have hidden. On, mm-hmm. on a previous panel, like, oh shit, that it was in front of my face the whole time. Yep. I, and I dig that. So, yeah, understand. Again, and I, I love the artistry here. You know, even on this, what, what is it, like that third panel where everybody's in the room, you got the mm-hmm. TV, even, you know, even the lamps, it's just showing little things like that. It's yeah. important. It's like, it feels like it's an important room. What is going on? Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, Dan, Dan's awesome. Dan is the just, scene. it's just so good. The scene is, man, look, and, and then just the movement, the eye candy of movement. Yep. Yeah, you really were inspired by that Claremont on the World Bubbles. I, I, I love yeah. it. That's what I mean, though. It's a healthy reading. And, yes. and, and, and in a wonderful way, you're getting value for your dollar. I mean, you said this baby is out today. I mean, how many pages is this bad boy overall? And you know, how much people got to make it rain on the comic shop, their favorite comic shop or, or, or website, you know, whether they got to visit you know, so- yours or, or Dren. I mean, where can we get it? So yeah, so it's in it's in stores nationwide. So you can ask your local comic book store. My only regret is, and I managed to do this for the next trade, which was is you know just with the cost of printing, we you know the best I could do was like seventeen ninety nine for the book. But it's eighty pages of comic book. You know, yeah, you're getting a ton. You know, for for that price now, Sire Revelations, which comes out next, actually comes out in September. It collects the next three books. I managed to to work a deal with the printer to get it down to nine ninety nine. So, um, oh, yeah, you'll be able to get everything, you know. And and then going forward, we're going to start releasing single issues again, and and that's going to be pretty exciting. Oh my God, folks! There it goes right there. Not all costumes are a perfect fit. Yep. You can order from your comic book store now. It's in shops today, as he said. Yep. We got to check this out. He has a plan. A man with a mission. That's you right. Just from origins to revelations, and that a steady run to start filling your comic book boxes with yes. this awesome goodness. Get that self point in the graphic novels. Now I gotta know, bro. Mm-hmm. I need to know something really important. Even before that, folks, this is what we gotta do before we before any before that next question. You got the Twitter. You got right there. You mm-hmm. got the Instagram. You got the two Facebooks. You know, both Sire and Dream Productions, which is Dream Productions, and then the two websites, folks. The links are below. Make sure to click, follow, support independent creativity. 
right? Coming from these studios. You know what it is. Right? Yeah, and so, we're gonna we're gonna give it a little bit of time to to circulate the comic book stores because we, we love our retailers and we want them to kind of get everything. So it'll be on the website in the next coming couple weeks or so, but we want to kind of give comic book stores the first, you know, the first crack at getting you know people, people in order. Make them sell out off the sellers. Sell out that diamond, folks. This is what you guys need. This is the good stuff. So yeah. it is con season, Mike. Are you yeah. gonna be doing anything? Any any cons where we could pick up these books, get them signed? What's popping? I will be roaming San Diego Comic Con because I will not have a booth there, but I will be bouncing around. And then uh, New York Comic Con is always our big our big show, so that'll be in October. And uh, Revelations will be out by then, and so you can get both both trades, and you can get the next volumes. To be honest with you, too. Although again, I support our retailers, but we we took the Kickstarter around twenty. Yeah, about 2013, and I started doing. I did a. I, I've been doing Sire on Kickstarter ever since. So we're up to we're up to issue 13. Yeah. So you can you can kind of cash in and get all those books by then. And and we're working on 14 to 17 right now. Excellent. So I guess I'll definitely be seeing you at New York Comic Con. Absolutely, please. Yes. Uh, the Dren Productions booth. I don't have a booth number yet. We don't have it yet. But just look my- for Dren Productions. We'll be there. Oh, don't you worry, man. My press pass is ready to go, baby. Oh, they gave me that notification. I'm excited. One of my favorite cons, because even though I was, you know, San Diego, I'm going to have a rep go on my behalf and handle that cool. business. You know what I mean? Man, San Diego's too big nice to have a booth sometimes, I feel like. I feel like, because we've done booths before. I actually was with Dren in 2016, and when we did a booth, and, you know, it just... I mean, it was it, it it ended up we made our money back on the table, but not you know not getting out there and not anything like that. So it was just one of those things where we we, oh, we that's decided, way. yeah, you got you got to have a pitch, man. I, I I got ideas for you how to sell that book. Don't you worry. Nice. I want to see. I, I need to see everybody pitching in front of tables, Mike. Yes, you don't sit behind the no. table. You no. know, you don't sit at all. You stand. That's right. Holding books. All right. That's how you do it. You gotta have a man like me, just you know, just pop in every five minutes, do his circle, and, and as soon as somebody's there, yo, this is such a great book. Oh, <laughs> yo, you, know, you know, you know how many books I have sold for Joe St. Pierre? Shout out, that's he good. Owes me commission. That's good. Hey, he we'll pay commission. <laughs> he, he, he tells me I need you to hide under the table and just pop pop out randomly. I know? love it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. So, folks, you heard that. You know, he'll be roaming at DCC. He will be at NYCC. We got to make that happen. Yeah. Last last bit here is what type of advice based on your journey would you yeah. give to new cats trying to come up in the game now? I mean, today is so different than when I first broke in. I mean, Diamond is almost an afterthought now. I mean, we, we do oh. Diamond to just, just to reach a wide audience, but our audience is now funneled through Kickstarter. So my, my advice, well, ironically, my advice is the same advice that I would have given you 15 years ago too. If you have an idea, just go do it. You're going to make a ton of mistakes. You're going to learn a lot of lessons. But but ultimately, there is no perfect anything in life except issue five of Sire. Actually, was my it was like the perfect issue. But other than that, there's nothing okay. perfect. You know, it's just you gotta you gotta just do it, and 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 you'll figure it out. You can't figure it out. You know, wondering what it's like. You got to do it, and that's and that's it. That's my advice. There you go, folks. From the man himself, the legend, the bionic. Mike Dolce. And I call him the Bionic because he wears many hats. So he'd be springing into your action, doing everything from lettering, coloring, printing, publishing, publicists. I mean, folks, you, you see it all. And all from a sixth grade dream. You feel That's me? Right. So, you know, so you, you know, you could do it too, folks. 
believe in yourselves. I mean, might not only believe in himself, he is doing it. He's not trying. That's what I love, man. Pe people that are doing it and in the game. So a big salute to you once again. No, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. And and just it's funny too because part of that dream was was standing outside looking for autographs from, you know, all my favorite creators. You know, in the freezing cold and this and that. <laughs> and you know, through the course of my career, I mean, I've done some stuff at Image, and I was able to sign comic books next to them. So you know, it can Isn't happen. That awesome. Absolutely. It can happen. Well, that's right. It could happen. You know, let me say this on the lottery, man. Sometimes you need it. Just you know, a dollar in a dream, right? You know. Invest in yourself. Invest in yourself. That's what I mean by that dollar. Invest that dollar in you and dream because you could definitely make it happen. And with that, America, thank you for listening to another Comic Crusaders podcast. All the links are below. Support the big homie Michael Dolce and his amazing book, Desire. I highly recommend it. Old school, super evil fun. Definitely put a smile on your face. Like I said, this is time for you to sit back, relax, you know, get your favorite drink and you know, turn off the TV, put on that lamp, and I'm, I'm telling you, you guys will be very happy. Trust me on this one. And I'm looking forward to the next. I can't wait to finish this and then see what else is going to pop off in this dope universe that I'm now being I'll, I'll hit you up with Revelations. <laughs> the PDF will be ready shortly. There we go, folks. Thank you. And again, follow everything Comic Crusaders, you know, all over the socials, Comic Crusaders World on YouTube. And visit the website, comicscase.com. And my extended family over at undercovercapes.com. So, look, much love, my gente. Much love. Whippa! Listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please do turn on notifications. Just visit comiccrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at undercovercapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 